0: Hi guys, so this is the Sovereign Phoenix here coming to you today with another episode of the Phoenix Tangent. And today I wanted to really go into 10 things I really wish I knew about spirituality before awakening. Now, that's not to sit here and say that I wouldn't have chose to awake anyway. But I can honestly say that Prior to my spiritual awakening, I was in a mindset of comfortability, like complacency. Um, I liked knowing where things were coming from, you know, and that's something within myself that um, was one of my spiritual lessons was really learning how to have faith. And so, yeah, this is pretty much things that had I known about it, may have for one made me question things and I'm gonna get in that t- and get into that subject towards the end of why it was you know all worth it but I'm gonna get into the 10 things that really kind of had me fucked up when it came to some spirituality because it wasn't a path for rainbows and sunshine like I'm gonna be straight now I'm not gonna be rude because I really really Enjoy talking to my ancestors. I really, really enjoy talking to the archangels. I really, really enjoy talking to spirit guides. Um, Here and there, I'm getting to talking to my descendants, you know, and really just getting to learn my spiritual team as a whole, you know. Uh, So, yeah, the 10 things. So, the first one I have is how lonely the spiritual journey is. So the amount of solitude one experiences when they're on their spiritual journey. First off, your eyes are open a lot of the time beyond everybody that you surround yourself with. Because when you start out your spiritual journey, you're going to be surrounded by, for one, the kinds of people that aren't as awakened because they're not on your vibration. And sometimes that's what forces you to really go through your spiritual awakenings because you're realizing that you're not really identifying with the people around you so you're like okay I know there has to be better out there but I don't know how to get to that better so that's kind of like an indirect manifestation so yes solitude was the number one thing and you know to this day it's still one of the bigger things for me because I am kind of an ambivert You know, I like my time to myself, but I like having people around. And, yeah, one of the biggest things when it came to coming into spirituality and, you know, my mindset being different, my mind being open to things that the people around me weren't really seeing, it made it pretty lonely because a lot of them just thought I was freaking crazy. And uh, for a long time, I thought I was too. I thought I was schizophrenic. Like, I thought I was going through bipolar. I'm like, yo, I ain't know what was going on. I just started one day, I was hearing voices. And like I said, that does sound like schizophrenia. But as I did more research into why certain things were happening to me in a certain way, like I was starting to be able to read tarot cards really good too, at that particular time when that happened. um, You know, I really started learning more and more about, for one, clear audience. And two, what mediumship really was. And, you know, initially I was like, no, I couldn't be a medium. I couldn't be, you know, I didn't understand clear audience completely at the time. So I was just like, yo, that just seems like completely beyond my logical brain. So I'm a Capricorn in life. So that was so much beyond my logical brain. But then there was that Sagittarius rising in me that was like, hmm, but maybe I should explore a little bit of what this is because I'm the type of person that don't leave questions unanswered I like to have answers to things I like to be able to get to the bottom of why things is the way the why things are the way they are especially within myself so I definitely think that solitude was a major one for me because it was like okay I went for one day having a bunch of people around me for one they weren't healthy I'm gonna be straight I had good people and I had not so good people in my life But I kept for a long time, like, damn, I'm having so many people in my life that's really not going nowhere, and I have these ambitions and these dreams that I want to, you know, pursue, but the kind of people I have in my life, if I pursue that, I'm going to be the awkward one out, I'm going to look like I'm too good for certain people, all of that. And, you know, for a long time, I kind of held back because I was worried about what other people thought of me. So I had to, in life, learn to really get over that fear of people seeing me for who they are for for who I am and you know holding people's opinions of me before my own and when I started making that decision to start letting go of people who didn't accept me for who I am because that's something I had to do because I'm like if you keep people around that don't accept you for who you are you know a lot of the time for one they sending you negative energy and hate which is obviously going to keep your energy down but 2 you know, those same people may be sitting out there like sabotaging certain things that you have for yourself. And it may not be like an active sabotage, like, you know, they, you know, manually manifesting that something bad happened for you. But sometimes it's just like when you should be focusing on things that's important to your goals in life or your life purpose. This person wants to go out and drink. Boom. You don't spend, uh, you say two nights with this person a week drinking and over the top. Where you can't really put that time into where you really wanna go in life. You know, that person's gonna go on with their life eventually, or maybe they won't, but you'll still be stuck. You still will have not made the accomplishments that you had dreamed up for yourself. So it's like, you know, I had to cut people off like that because I'm like, damn, I'm not getting nowhere. I'm like, this person's experiencing success and stuff because they know how to budget their time. But when I look at my life, my life is a mess since because I was sacrificing my cup for that person you know and helping them succeed but not helping myself so I had to cut that off and in doing so like I said it led me to a life of solitude for a little bit because I really was like okay I can't have nobody around me that's taking that energy away from me I have to be able to focus on myself so I kind of did go into hermit mode but that was kind of necessary in order to really uh get my mind into the place it needed to be in you know people didn't get me and people still to this day still don't get me. Some of them are starting to because they're waking up as well. Some of them are starting to because I'm showing my true self, you know. But in the beginning, uh, I didn't have a lot of people around me. I had to kind of be a trailblazer in this area and just kind of learn on my own because, you know, not a lot of people around me were experiencing the same thing at the same time. So, yeah. So, solitude was the first one. Let's see how long I went on for solitude. <laughs> Oh, we. Wow, seven minutes. All right, so our next one is going to be shadow work. Okay. So, shadow work is another thing that before spirituality, I definitely would have thought twice about if I wanted to be spiritual first. Shadow work is by far one of the most difficult things I've ever dealt with in life. Okay. I've dealt with. Things that caused my shadow. And those things were difficult. But when it comes to shadow work itself, the shadow work is actually more difficult because that's emotions that have built up over time from multiple situations that reminded you of that initial situation. And you build up more and more resistance to really dealing with those, uh, those shadows, those shadows become bigger and sometimes they become bigger than you. So you have to, for one, be in good mental health to really deal with shadow work. Um, again, I, episode two, if you don't know what shadow work is, episode two really goes in depth about what shadow work is, but pretty much, Just a short definition of it is, it's just uh, when a person goes within themselves to really discover what their inner child needs healing on. So some people have shadows in regards to abandonment issues that like when they get in relationships, they have a hard time letting go of toxic people. Um, Some people have issues with money because they grew up poor or maybe they didn't grow up poor and they didn't really learn how to develop a good relationship with money. Um, so, I mean, people have issues with intimacy because they feel like whenever they let people close to them, they get hurt. So shadow work means that you have to take the time out to address those issues within yourself. And it can be a triggering, very, very triggering. It's definitely going to be triggering. I'm not even going to say it can be, it's a triggering experience, but it's, you allowing yourself to be triggered to be able to figure out what's causing those issues and being able to take the time out to talk to your inner child and re-mother or reparent that that inner child to let them know that it's okay to let go of that and allowing yourself to be able to just come to an understanding of why the situation happened the way it did And that you had no control over it. If you did, you know, forgiving yourself for it because you know you don't want to keep continuing in life to carry things that hold you back. You know, so shadow work when it comes to spirituality, people think that it's an option. Shadow work is a necessity. You're not gonna grow if you don't do shadow work. If anything, you may actually go back to sleep. And if you've awakened to your spirituality, you're not gonna wanna go back to sleep. That's just... I mean, you're going to want to just because sometimes when you're dealing with shadow work, it's aggressive. But at the same time, it's one of the most rewarding experiences a person could ever have in their life. is to finally be past something. To be able to forgive something. To be able to let things go. So shadow work... Had I known before, I would have been freaking afraid of it. But when it came to my shadow work i spent a lot of time telling myself i wasn't gonna do it i i was not gonna deal with it i didn't want to be a part of it and but i was asking for like christ consciousness i was asking for growth i had was like wanting a happy relationship and shit so i'm like i right, i'm manifesting these things and i'm not even doing shadow work well, guess what the hell Spirit did? Spirit was like, oh, you want all of this? The only way you're going to get that is if you do your motherfucking um, your shadow work. Because if you don't do your shadow work, honey, you're not going nowhere that's the that's the only way you can get to it. that's the only per, that's the only way you can be ready for the things that you're asking for. You can't have a small-minded mentality and be afraid and be sitting there manifesting for situations that are bigger than where you're at now. Because with you know more responsibility I would say that more growth comes more responsibility. So if you want something big like a house, you want to be able to buy that house. You know you want to make sure that your house is a healthy home then you need to address your shadows with the home you need to address your shadows in relationship with money you need to address your shadows in relationship with putting in follow-through work because you do have to follow through when you want things like that you know it's not just oh i'ma buy a house when i have money you have to work on your credit you have to know realtors you have to know how to look at houses and how to make down payments and get loan assistance if need be You know you have to really just know the ins and outs of what you're dealing with so you're not falling into for one a money pit or falling into a situation to where you can get yourself back out of it so i think that's a big one shadow work for me i go through shadow work regularly it's a consistent thing so shadow work itself is definitely something major that i think that had i known before spirituality i would have been hesitant to really explore it further But I'm glad that I was thrown in in that way because it's been something that has been rewarding for me. It's been freeing for me. And I'm grateful for shadow work. It's just sometimes when you're looking at it at the end of, I've never dealt with my emotions in this way before, it can be a little bit daunting. So, all right. The next one I have here is ultra empathic. Whew. Let's be honest, when it comes to spirituality, um, if you're not an empath, I'd be surprised. Most of us are empaths. We are willing or not willing, but we are able to really pick up on the emotions of others. And most of the time we don't want to. Because when you're picking up on the emotions of others, sometimes you don't even realize that you've picked up on somebody's emotions. Sometimes you could just, like, literally go to the store and all you did was interact with the cashier to make sure that things are paid for. You come, get, get in your car, you get ready to get home, and you're just, like, in a negative mood. But you started out the day in a good mood. You didn't realize that the cashier was having a badass fucking day. So you're like, oh, okay. You took on the emotion of this person, you're like, damn, why am I like this? Ain't nothing even happened to me today. And sometimes that comes from being an empath because you've picked up on that person's energy. You know, so um I can honestly say that I'm very, very sensitive to people's energies when it comes to being around people. So it's like one of those things that just making sure that I have to protect myself. And when you become spiritual, you definitely become like a I don't say a conduit. But you do somewhat become a conduit of energy. You're able to pick up energies and it's good for you to learn how to really protect your energy. That way, um, you're not taking on energy that doesn't belong to you. You're able to return that energy back to sender. Um, but the good thing about that is you're able to read people, especially liars, You're a bullshit detector. You could tell when people are lying to you. You could tell when something just ain't right in this situation. You can really, like, that's what I really, really like about being empathic. But I also like the idea of I can tell when somebody around me is going through things and they're just too afraid to really speak on it. You know, I can really sit down with them and let them know that I'm there for them instead of just being cold hearted and not paying attention. I can really be like, okay, this person really, really needs something right now. What can I give them? The best thing you can always do is just unconditionally love them, you know? Even if it's somebody that is not such a great person, just still unconditionally love. Now, that doesn't mean you need to keep that person in your life. But, you know, come from a place of compassion. Come from a place of making sure you understand where they're coming from. Have an eagle eye view of the situation to where you're looking on a situation and more than just your eyes you know, fill with your heart exactly what's going on in that situation and allow for your intuition to kind of really guide you on how to pursue or proceed with certain situations. So I really, really like that about being an empath, but it does has its drawbacks, especially when it comes to negative people. And it's one of those things of when you become an empath or when you're a strong empath, um, it goes back to that first one. When it comes to solitude, sometimes we find that we prefer to be by ourselves because, you know, it's like a lot of people out here that don't vibrate on this level. So it's like you really don't want to be bothered with that because it takes a lot. When you're dealing with somebody whose vibration is not good, it takes a lot to shape that. Sometimes you have to go take baths. You have to, you know, sage. You have to say mantras and stuff. It's just... And I know that sounds crazy sometimes, or not want to say crazy, but it sounds like over the top, but that's how much these energies will stick to a person that's an empath. They, they permeate everything about them. And if they allow themselves to get too worn down by it, it just weakens them and and it can completely paralyze them in the things that they want to do. It can stall them. It can, you know, trigger their... You know shadow work that gets shut or triggered shadow side. It's just so many different things. So it's like it, it could confuse you. You know, it's because it's not your emotions that you're dealing with. You're dealing with somebody else's emotions. It's like why you want to deal with somebody else's emotions when you need to be dealing with your own. So yeah, being an empath, as I said it has its pros and its cons. I like being an empath for the good reasons, but on some days it can be. Um, difficult. And some days, you know, you'd be want to just turn it off. So that's something that, you know, I've been working on is just learning how to be able to distinguish when I'm dealing with somebody else's energy versus my own, just to be able to kind of make sure that I'm protecting myself and make sure that, you know, I'm not allowing myself to be around people whose energy isn't as good for me. Um, So that's one thing before spirituality. If I had known that I'd be this sensitive I may have been like oh you know what I may have put my guard up so it's one thing I kind of wish I knew but I'm glad I didn't know before spirituality and I think that most of the 10 things that I have here are going to be things that I wish I knew but I'm glad I didn't know at the same time all right so the next one is confusion about what intuition is versus ego that was definitely for me one of the most annoying things i've ever had to deal with in regards to spirituality is um trying to understand the difference between them because obviously you know when you are in a position of having to make a decision about a situation you know the voice inside your mind is ultimately what you know decision you're going to make But when it comes to learning the difference between intuition and ego, it's a little bit more difficult because both of those are going to come to you in a form of thoughts. Um, Now, intuition doesn't just come to you in a form of thoughts. Sometimes it comes to you in the form of feelings. It comes to you in the form of, you know, I, I think for me, like when I'm dealing with a situation that's lowering my energy, you know, I feel it like I feel feel it if the, uh, my body starts to get chills and stuff like that like I know when I'm dealing with the low vibrational energy so I I start getting that feeling of foreboding I start getting messages about little shit I start having things like lights flicker and stuff so it's like yeah when things happen like that um yeah it's good to really know what your intuition is saying versus your ego, because your ego is going to get you or keep you in a situation to where you feel like, oh, no, I'm just being crazy. That's not really like that. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen this person in a long time, or maybe it's just because we had differences in the past and I'm still working through them. No, honey, your intuition is going to sit there and tell you, no, this person may have had, I don't know, they may have been sitting there talking about you behind your back. This person may be sitting there, you know, sending you the evil eye, whatever the case may be. So when it comes to your intuition, it's really, really good to be able to understand what that is. Now, for me, one thing I always tell myself is when I'm trying to make a decision, the ego is the one like when I'm getting ready to ask a question in my head, that ego will sometimes be, it'll yell, it'll yell the answer out sometimes where I can even finish the question. You know, and a yell the answer out before I'm able to get the question out, and I'm sitting there like, okay, but, and that butt feeling is kind of like what exactly, oh man, it's, it's that, it's that nigglet feeling. It's, it's called a niggle, I'm sorry, N-I-G-G-L-E, niggle. And pretty much the, that niggle feeling is, it's like it's that feeling that's like that twinge inside you that makes you indecisive about a situation. So when it comes to intuition versus ego, you have to understand that your ego is your shadow side trying to protect you. That's your inner child trying to tell you that in a situation that you need to be at your safest. But it's also the type of thing that allow for you to put up with situations that you may be no longer serve, may no longer serve you. So when it comes to your ego, your ego is kind of going to be like that childish part of you that's like, oh, this, 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 and that. I'm just protecting you in this situation. Or what's a good way of putting it? I really want to say something along the lines of say, you know, you getting a hit and run where you, you hit somebody's car. Okay. The ego part of yourself is going to be like, yo, drive off before this person even come out because i don't want to deal with this right now i don't have insurance whatever case may be or i have insurance but i don't want my insurance to go up i just hit this car you know i don't need this right now i got so much going on that's the ego part of you that's going to tell you to run okay because you don't want to deal with certain things the intuition part of you is going to be like you know what but if this was me in this situation, I'd be highly upset if the person drove off. Let me at least give them my insurance information. If I don't want to give this person my insurance information, let's come to an agreement about how we're going to pay this off. You know, the the intuition part of you in that situation is going to tell you to be a little bit more diplomatic. It's going to tell you to handle that responsibility because that's the best thing to do. You know, so that's kind of how I go about it. Your intuition whispers things to you when you're in a calm state and when you're able to mellow out your mind from anxiety and such and your ego is going to be that part of you that's causing the anxiety or the part of you that's like running or feels like to me it feels like a freight train sometimes it feels like boom it's right there before you even can see it so I feel like that's how ego comes to me it's uh it's one of those uncontrolled emotions you know whereas my intuition requires me to actually think You know, so that's my biggest thing about intuition. And had I known about intuition and ego and confusing them before spirituality, I probably would have questioned it because it's like I'm already one of those people in life who, you know, makes decisions at the drop of a hat. So it's like, I don't want no confusion. I like things to be straightforward. I don't like questioning things. I like my everything when it comes to me. I like everything to be plain as day. So yeah, that's the the next one. So the next one I have here is um, not becoming complacent. Now, that's a big thing for me because, you know, in life for me, I feel like I've always been running, running, running and always doing things and not really having the time to really sit down and enjoy life, you know? So when I get to a point now where I've experienced successes or I feel like, okay, maybe where I'm at right now, I could just relax a little bit, you know, I have to learn within myself not to become complacent. Because things are always changing. The wheel is always turning in life. You know, and when it comes to spirituality, whenever you become begin to become complacent in where you are, that's kind of like a sign that, okay, you know what? It's time for you to start going up again because you're kind of getting settled in this energy. And you don't want to become stagnant in life. You know, now that's not to sit there and say... That you shouldn't be complacent in certain things. I wouldn't really want to say that you want to be complacent, but you should begin to feel at least comfortable within certain things in your life. If you are spiritual, you should be able for want to be comfortable in your feelings. You should be able to feel comfortable and trust in your intuition. You should be able to feel comfortable with the kind of people that you have around you. But at the same time, don't become complacent in them. Don't expect things to be a certain way at all times. Be able to expect changes. Be able to understand that changes need to happen in order for things to move forward. So, not becoming complacent was definitely something for me because I've always been looking for that time of rest just because I feel like I'm always working. Um, and, you know, I have to remind myself because sometimes I don't realize I'm becoming complacent in a situation until I'm already complacent. So, when I become complacent in a situation, then it's like, oh, all right. It's time for me to think bigger because there's obviously more out there than what I'm doing. This is a plateau. And when you start to get into that stagnant energy, things start to begin to kind of like not move as much for you. So that's a big thing for me. It wasn't as big as the other ones. I don't think that it would have been something that... I would have, I think it's something that I would have been grateful to know before spirituality, but it's not something that I would change because it's what keeps me motivated. So I was already the type of person beforehand, before I got into spirituality to not really get complacent anyway. So it's like, uh, while I'd love to be able to sit back sometimes and really relax and I do, you know, but I just don't allow myself to become complacent. You know, I never allow myself to believe that I can take things for granted in life. You know, I still stay with gratitude. I still believe, hey, you know what? The wheel's going to turn in this situation. Do I want to be at the bottom of that wheel? Or do I want to keep going up to the top? You know, there's going to be times where you start at the bottom. But when you start at the bottom, why not start at the bottom in a new, in a new situation instead of starting at the bottom like you're starting all over again? You know, so, yeah, complacency was a big thing for me. But it wasn't as bad as I would have said it was. All right, so the next one oh, The next one is the constant need to surrender. For me in life I've never surrendered up until I started doing shadow work. I've never surrendered. Whenever it came to my emotions, I always have been the type of person that put things on a back burner to deal with later, and then that later never came. So I had a lot of emotions that I had held on to. So when it came to my shadow work, my shadow work was particularly brutal. So all I kept getting in this situation when I was really getting into my shadow work is you need to surrender, you need to surrender, you need to surrender. I've never done that before. I'm not the type of person that does surrender. Like if I was in Harry Potter, I'd be in Gryffindor. Okay, I'm fighting to the end. That's the kind of person I am. I always pick up in, in, in my sword and my crown and, and continue. That's I'm a warrior at heart, you know. Learning to surrender takes a great amount of strength. It takes a great amount of courage. It takes a great amount of understanding of what you're surrendering. And it takes a great amount. Yeah, I say courage because... It takes a lot for a person to be able to say, you know what? In this particular situation, I'm not getting anywhere. I need to be able to release this to spirit, to Yahweh, to God, whoever you pray to. For them to fix the situation or let it go. Or just allow things to happen as they're supposed to without your interference. You know? So... The constant need to surrender is definitely a big thing for me. Because I feel like sometimes I'd be wanting to kind of recover from the last surrender. Because <laughs> surrendering isn't easy. You know, for me, the last surrender I did was yesterday. And it was highly emotional for me. Um, But it was something that I know I needed to do because I'm learning to love myself a little bit more each day. And I realized that in that particular situation that I wasn't loving myself enough for the things that I was dealing with. So I said, you know what? If this situation is meant to be, then it'll be. But as of now, I have to choose myself and allow for Divine to take care of it in the best way that they see fit. So that was difficult. But it's been a weight off of my shoulders. It's been a weight off of my heart. You know, it's been something that I have cried about. You know, I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't upset that things didn't happen the way that I wanted them to, that I had to surrender. But ultimately, that's a part of life and everything in life isn't going to come to you. If If you got everything you wanted in life, you know, you would never be taught lessons. You know, so in that particular situation, I learned a lot of lessons about that person and myself. So it was really, really good just being able to finally learn how to surrender. Now, that's not the first time I've ever surrendered. I have been learning to surrender things that were smaller than that. Spirit has been kind of um, nice to me in that way to allow for me to work my way up to that. I had things prior to that that I had to surrender that weren't as big. And I worked my way up to that and I grew my love for myself to where I was beginning to have a lot more courage in situations. So when I had to surrender that, as difficult as it was, um, I was able to handle it in a way that was still best for me and kept me with dignity, you know. So that's something when it comes to surrendering. You know, sometimes when it comes to my spiritual awakening, I wish that that I'd known before how to surrender that way. I can kind of breeze through this a little bit better, but I'm still thankful at the same time for all the unnecessary roughness because the unnecessary roughness is what's teaching me how to be a little bit more neater. So yeah, the next one I have here is, woof, learning what unconditional love is by means of difficult love. (laughs) Let me see where we are in these numbers because I know this time is like just going here, and I don't wanna to have to do a part two, so let me just see oh we already thirty three minutes in, so you know what I'm definitely I'm gonna do a couple more, and then we're gonna do a part two as well, okay, that way you know you could take your time away from this, and you know it won't be too much in one podcast, but The next one I have, like I said, is learning what unconditional love is by means of difficult love. Oof. Now that one I'm still working on. That one is a part of my shadow work. That one before spirituality. I wouldn't have been able to even fathom being able to understand what that is. I knew what love... I I thought I knew what love is. I'm not even gonna lie and say I knew what love is. I didn't. But... I thought I did. So prior to spirituality, had I known about unconditional love, I just don't fathom. I don't see a person being able to understand what unconditional love is without being spiritual. Sorry. I'm going to just be straight because when you are not spiritual, most people only have experienced conditional love. You know, people at that time, they demand reciprocity over the top. Um, They're conditioned to believe that love is a certain kind of way. You know, people are in toxic situations. That's not to say that you can't have healthy love and not be spiritual, but at your fullest potential which is unconditional love you won't experience that without really understanding what the meaning of unconditional love is it'll always be something in you that will keep you from loving somebody completely um so that's the biggest thing I had to learn for myself how to unconditionally love myself and that's been one of the biggest lessons for me is learning to unconditionally love myself because I'm pretty hard on myself. I'm a Capricorn. We're pretty hard on ourselves. We definitely hold people to a standard, but we hold our we hold ourselves to an even higher standard. You know, so whenever things don't go the way that I planned them out, I do scrutinize myself sometimes and I look at what could I have done differently to make this happen this way. You know, and I overthink things sometimes. And that is one thing that, you know, as a person that's spiritual and learning about unconditional love, you have to learn how to understand that life is meant for you to be able to make mistakes because you're meant to learn from those things. And you have to be able to be like, you know what, self, maybe that situation wasn't the best plan. But be grateful that that happened in that particular way. You know, it's okay. Pat yourself on the back. You know, you tried your hardest with what you knew at that particular time. You know, so I'll never, again, I'm still working on it, but I'll never, again, unconditionally, I will never conditionally love myself. I will always practice unconditional love for myself. And I'll do that because I deserve it. Because if I unconditionally love myself, if I'm looking for a life partner in life, you know, I want that person to unconditionally love myself, or love me too. So you are what you attract, or you attract what you are. You know, if you're weak, sorry to say, you're going to attract weak people. It may not appear that way. It may appear that that person's stronger than you, but they're not. They just have a different way of showing their weakness. You know, but if you come from a place of unconditional love, where you're able to love somebody despite their faults, You're able to love somebody despite how they, I won't say how they treat you, because you should be able to know how you need to be treated. But you come from a place of compassion, you come from a place of understanding, you are willing to help, you are just ultimately just there for that person's heart and not what they can give you, what they can do for you. You know, you're able to give to that person without the expectation of receiving it back. And if you do receive it back, that's wonderful. If you don't, that's also fine. You know, but that's what unconditional love is. And I had to learn that by means of difficult love. I had to learn that through having a difficult marriage. I had to learn that through having a difficult relationship with friends and family. And I had to learn that through having a difficult relationship with myself, And realizing within myself where the mistakes are within the love portion of my life, you know, I excel at almost everything but love. And that's one of the biggest things I should be good at. So I'm working on that. I'm working on that. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say that I'm just this big loving person. I'm guarded. And I think a lot of people out there are. Like I'm guarded as fuck. Like I will check every box on you before you come into my life because I, I have trust issues like most people do. And that's something that I'm working through is unconditional love. And being able to trust again. Because I know I know for damn sure I'll never be in a relationship where people are treating me the way I have been treated. You're gonna have to come with new shit. So yeah. Unconditional love by means of difficult love was something that before spirituality I wish I had understood, but I did not have the capacity to understand. So I'm grateful for that because spirituality opened my mind up to understand what unconditional love could be, it opened my mind up to understand what surrendering is. It opened my mind up to keep on going when I felt complacent. It opened my mind up to understanding what intuition is. It it helped me understand how I can pick up on the energies of other people and keep myself safe from the depressions and stuff that I used to experience prior to this because I was picking up other people's emotions without realizing it. You know, I enjoy my solitude as well, which is the first one here. I enjoy my solitude because my solitude is ultimately would allow for my growth. It allowed for my healing. You know, I was around people that kept me from doing that. So I'm grateful for being able to do that. Oh, so the last one I'm going to do on this particular podcast today is letting go of what doesn't serve you. (laughs) Letting go of what doesn't serve you has always been... Oh, that's one of the most difficult things in spirituality that I've ever had to deal with. Letting go of what doesn't serve you is a part of shadow work, but it deserved its own mention when it came to the 10 things that I wish I knew about spirituality. I wish I had known that when I asked for Christ consciousness that I was gonna start dropping people like flies. I wish I had been able to understand the emotional toll that it takes on you. And I wish I had been under able to fathom how much better I would feel by doing so so I can let people go sooner. You know, letting go of what doesn't serve you doesn't doesn't always have to do with people has to do with jobs too toxic job environments being able to say within yourself you know what i deserve better than this these people can go fuck themselves i will find another job i will start my own business i'm not doing this and being able to know your worth in situations you know i'm not sitting there saying go quit your job tomorrow because you know you got bills and stuff too i'm not gonna sit there and tell you do that but being able to realize you know what I don't like this job I really want something better and being able to put the work in towards that because you realize you deserve better I think that's a big thing that was really really good for me I used to overstay situations in the past because I felt like it was the only way I was going to be able to have money to pay bills and that was a small-minded mentality And it's important to really understand how to let go of things and just be able to trust that when you let go of what doesn't serve you and you raise your vibration, that the things that do serve you will come in. You know, and me letting go of my job recently, I found that I was able to make time for these podcasts. I was able to make time for the card readings I do. I was able to really focus towards my healing process. I was really able to really sit down and just get myself together and ground myself and figure out what I want for life. And that's not something that I've ever done before. And I realized that I was actually pretty talented at so many different things that it's like, I never needed to work for anybody. I was developing talents the whole time because I just found fun in different things and I was very creative. I still am creative. What am I talking about? I'm creative as fuck. But letting go of what didn't serve me opened up that, that bridge, it opened up that door for me to be able to pursue the things that did serve me, that does serve me and is for my highest good. And I find that that's the most rewarding part of becoming spiritual is being able to let go of things in the past that would have held me back. I've let go of relationships. I've let go of jobs. I've let go of minor things. I'm still working on diet, but (laughs) I'm also working on home too. I'm looking to move eventually. So with that in mind, you know, that's another thing. It's like, you know, my house is nice, but, you know, it's time to move up. So it's like, you know, that's another thing that doesn't serve me that I'm working on letting go of, you know? So it's like, it's it's something that I'm grateful for being able to do. I've had little things that I've had to let go of, and I'm working towards the bigger things now to let go of, you know? So letting go of those moments... Sooner than later would be better for you because if it's not meant to serve the purpose that you're here to, you know, fulfill, or you're sitting here manifesting things like, yo, I want a really, really nice house, I want, you know, a five hundred thousand dollar house or something. You're sitting there manifesting something like that. You can't be sitting there scared to move out of your little five seven hundred dollar rent. I'm not even gonna say that the rent is high as fuck these days. I'm gonna say like eighteen hundred dollar rent house where you renting from somebody else and putting money in their account, you could be putting money into your own home, you know? But you have to make that step forward. And if you're sitting there just waiting for the perfect time, that perfect time may never come. Put the time and the work and the manifestation into that. And when that opportunity comes for you to make it, it may not come at a time that it seems ideal, but you have to have trust and faith that hey, this step that I'm making right now is for my highest good, and I'm letting go of what in the past didn't serve me. If you come with that mindset, it's going to work out. I'm going to just be straight. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go ahead and put this uh, as the ending of part one. I am going to do part two and upload part two at the same time. So you guys will be able to uh, watch this seamlessly. But I just want to make sure that we're just not making these podcasts just way too long just now. So I am going to come back to you in part two. So if this is where your journey is going to end, if you're not going to listen, which I feel like you are. But if you decide not to, I do thank you for tuning into uh, this episode today of the Phoenix Tangent, and I will be back to you soon. Sending love and light. Thank you. Hi, guys. So this is part two for the list of 10 things I wish I knew about spirituality prior to awakening. Um, Oh, yeah, this is the Phoenix Tangent, by the way. I probably should have said that first huh? So, yeah, this is part two. And where we left off last was about letting go of what doesn't serve you. Uh, We did go over that. And that was definitely one of the more heavier topics that I've ever um, dealt with in regards to spirituality is being able to let things go. But um, it's one of the most rewarding it's definitely one of the most rewarding choices, one of the most rewarding parts of spirituality that I do love is knowing that when I let things go, that there's something better coming. So, yeah, that was where I left off on the last one. Our next one here is um, learning what the psychic gifts are that I have and you know, learning what my spiritual path is and how to apply those psychic gifts to my spiritual path. Now I'll give you just a few things that I'm pretty versed in. Um, and my spiritual path, um, you know, as I mentioned in the last podcast, you know, I do have some, you know, mediumship abilities. Um, I also am very empathic as well. Um, I definitely experience a clear audience, I experience clear sentience, um, clairvoyance. Oh, I got a lot of them, just to be honest with you. <laughs> the one that I experienced the least in regards to the clears, is the smell one, but that's like clear aliens or something. You know, I do believe that I do have it. It's just not something that I experience a lot of. I mostly experience mostly um, clear audience. That's my strongest one. And I experience, um, well, obviously being an empath. It's just all day, every day thing. You know, mediumship for me, all day, every day is constantly. Like when you are a medium when you are somebody who can pick up on the voices of the other side, or you can pick up on the voices of the people that are here, um, it can be an interesting... It's very interesting. Let's just say that. That's one thing I have to be honest with you. Prior to my spirituality, I don't know if I would have handled that too well. Now, I can honestly say... That prior to my spirituality, that had I known that, I would have thought I was freaking crazy. I would have, my logical brain would have just said, nope, that doesn't make sense. We can't see it. We can't touch it. This isn't, this isn't real. You know, again, being a Capricorn, that's kind of how my mind works. I usually like need to see things. But when it comes to your psychic gifts... Um, yeah, you don't really have the ability of being able to see it in a physical form. You do have foresight. You're able to see things in your mind. You're able to hear things. You're able to smell things, taste things, all of that prior to situations happening sometimes. Or you can tell just by a situation that's happening near you. Um, so my psychic gifts, like... Let me give you one um, you know a lot of us that are in spirituality are on the twin flame journey now, for me, you know, I kind of looked into it. I kind of put some research into it, definitely believed I had one as well. you know um in that particular situation. Um, I had picked up a lot of clear audience. I used to pick up on emotions off this person as well. But I also used to pick up on a lot of music. And it was a really... It was a good experience, but sometimes it wasn't. like It was one of those experiences of when things were good... You know the music will come through and it was like okay okay i'm excited because i know who's thinking about me but then when it was like not so good and you trying to forget situations and you trying to just move forward boom here's this song that you and this person don't listen to or maybe even not even that sometimes it was just like the words would really fit your life and it's like i really don't need this right now <laughs> You know, so it's like, you know, sometimes it just sends you several steps back when, you know, you tune in tune with this. Sometimes you have to find ways to distract yourself. And I'm like, I used to, I used to couldn't stand that. But I've learned to really just kind of, you know, understand that that's a gift for me that really, really has been a good experience. Because it for me was like, okay, there's no way in hell I could ever deny The fact that i'm clear audience because i'm like how is it that whenever i'm going through a situation i can always find music without sometimes without me even knowing the title of the song how is it that i can always find music that fits my situation how is it that songs always come to me at particular times that are just perfect for what i'm going through you know like sometimes i'll get songs and it'll come on at like 4 44 pm and it'll fit my life perfectly honey that's a synchronicity you know, spirit's trying to give you a message to it or the person that you may have been interested in when you are clear audience, because you could probably hear their their thoughts and stuff too. Um, this is people that are, like, spiritually awakened and have clear audience, by the way. But when it comes to stuff like that, you'd be like, yo, it's not... I don't know. The right wording I want to put for it is clear audience for me... Like I said, it started off as something that was difficult for me to bear because at the time that I was dealing with it, it was something that was painful. But it ended up being something that was positive for me because, you know, as I started to explore posting my tarot readings to TikTok, you know, those clear audience songs came in and I was able to attach those songs a lot of the time to the videos and it would help with... The people that were looking for the information that I was given in those readings, it would help them with being able to, you know, distinguish whether the story resonated with them or not. You know, because some people would know the song, some people, the words identify with them. Sometimes the melody of the song really just, it touched them in a way that, you know, only it would make sense if they were going through something. So that's what I really really enjoy about being clear audience is because I feel like music really does touch people and it's been a way a new way for me to experience music you know it's been a new way for me to develop a better relationship to music um so I'm really thankful for that gift in particular um I definitely enjoy being able to read tarot and stuff too Um, I recently learned how to read, like, Lenormand and Kipper and all of that as well. But I really just, like, when I read my tarot cards, I use my intuition a lot. Um, I use my intuition a lot and my clear audience comes through heavy. But I also use my, my mediumship abilities when I, um, read tarot. Because, um, all of that stuff enhances the story that's being told, to the person receiving it um so I'm grateful for those gifts and I feel like being able to to explore those gifts has given me like a new path in life because prior to being in spirituality I was trying to just run a t-shirt business and a mask business like I was making masks for COVID and one thing I had to really remind myself is is that COVID is not going to be a forever thing people think it is it's not It's not going to be it for everything. It's going to eventually die down. And just like everything else, something new will arise. Come on. But at the end of the day, being able to just be able to use those gifts to really enhance um, my life in a new way and take me on a journey that I never thought I would ever be able to go down. Like, I love helping people. And I was helping people in a dead-end nursing job prior to me getting into my spirituality. And that's not to say that I didn't love nursing or didn't love helping those people, but I just didn't feel like I belonged in that place. So I'm like, you know what? My psychic gifts opened that path for me to be able to jump into something that more aligned with my soul. And I still have so many different things that I'm looking to explore when it comes to spirituality because there's so many different avenues. This opens so many different doors for me and it's brought me to a new level of understanding and it's made me choose things in life that were better for, better suited for me versus the things that I was just accepting because it was all I was good at before. You know, it's given me the motivation to kind of take the time out to learn new things and understand the downloads that I get about certain situations because maybe in a past life I was good at this. You know, so I'm grateful for my psychic gifts because it's definitely opened me up. I was in a place of always being fearful and complacent prior to spirituality. And now I'm probably one of the most bold people you'll ever meet. Um, I'm not going to sit there and just say I'm bold as fuck. But I'm kind of bold as fuck. So that's thanks to my spiritual gifts because I got faith in them. They have never steered me wrong. The only thing that's ever steered me wrong is putting my ego into it. So obviously that's why shadow work is important because you don't want the downloads that you get from spirit to be hijacked and filtered by your ego because by then you'll already be questioning it. Just go with it. in your heart, go with it. The next one and the last one is divine timing. (laughs) That is a sentence for me that I can't stand. (laughs) It's one of those things of when you're growing up, if you've ever had your parents, like, you went to go ask them for something that you was really, really wanting at this particular time, and your parents said, maybe, you know every time your parents said maybe, that meant no. Or you know every time that parent said maybe, you're not going to see it for a long time. They're not even going to put their thoughts into it. They're like, get out of my face. Divine timing feels like that. <laughs> Divine timing feels like... Divine timing feels like, uh, alright, we're putting you on time out. Work on this. Read your books. And then one day we're going to give you this. It could be six years down the line. It could be 18 years down the line. It could be tomorrow. When they say divine timing, when spirit tells you that you need to wait on divine timing for something... Huh? It means that you ain't going to find out when it's going to happen. It's going to surprise you, but it's going to surprise you with something that's beyond your wildest dreams. When you have to wait on divine timing, that means that Spirit, Yah, God is stepping in in this situation and making sure you have the best. Okay, divine timing, you manifested something and... It was good. Don't get us wrong. But we about to hook you up. Okay? When you get that divine timing, that means you got a blessing coming. It means you got something bigger than you ever could imagine coming. Divine timing is difficult, though, because a lot of the time when you hear divine timing, you're in a miserable situation. You know, you don't see how things are going to work out your question and sometimes if you should even continue going down this path that you're on you feel like a lot of the time when you're asking questions that you're getting dead-end answers you feel like you kind of just are forced to stay in limbo and what the divine timing is meant to do is for one teach you how to humble yourself but it's meant to also teach you how to be patient it's meant to teach you how to be strong in your faith and it's meant to give time for things to get better because what you're asking for right now if they gave it to you right now it may not be as good as it could be if you waited for it and if you wait for it it's gonna be probably beyond your wildest dreams if it's like a person that you manifest in and they say divine timing well i'm gonna tell you something about divine timing you waiting on a high level soulmate at least (laughs) <laughs> you ain't waiting just for anybody you waiting for the person and there's nothing better than that I'm just saying like that's good as fuck it's a good feeling to know that in divine timing like when divine timing actually happens you be like yo I love the way that spirit planned this out so I could've never saw this coming but this is better than I could've freaking asked where I never in a million years expected it to happen this way and I didn't plan for this because I couldn't plan for it because who knew when it was coming. But Divine Timing, had I known prior to spirituality, because I was lacking patience, had I known prior to spirituality that that's something that I would have had to deal with, I would have been kind of lightweight, irritated about it. Because I was like, um, yeah, I don't like waiting. I'm I'm an Aries moon, by the way. So I'm like, uh, when I want something, I want it now. I'm that type of person that it's like, what, what we waiting for? All right, so we got to wait at all. That means there's another way to do this. And I've always had things handed to me in life because I had that mentality. Now, I'm not going to sit there say that I walked on, on a pedestal or anything like that. I mean, like, if I went for something in life because of my amount of drive, that's how I got it. But when it comes to divine timing... Your drive ain't going to get you shit. I mean, it'll help you when it comes to manifesting, but you have to also realize if you're on the right path because if you are driving or you're on your drive to get something accomplished, but you haven't surrendered something, you're going to be just driving for nothing. You know, sometimes divine timing means sit back and wait. Sometimes divine timing means sit back and heal. Sometimes divine timing means go have fun while the other person you want to heal is healing so they can be ready for you. So, you know, things like that. I think divine timing is a really good thing. But it's kind of like one of those things of, it's not easy. Like I said, it's like that one parent that's like, maybe... And they don't respond to you right away. And you'd be like, I need an answer now. And that's that's what that reminds you of. So, would I have wanted to know about that prior to spiritual awakening? Mm-mm. No. No. So, maybe not all 10 of these were for prior to spiritual awakening. So a lot of things that had I known prior to spiritual awakening, I probably would have been like, eh, yeah, we're not doing that. So, the next thing I want to go into... Because we've just ended the 10 things that I wish I knew about spirituality. Um, the next thing I want to get into, but why is it all worth it? Why is all of the things that I need off worth uh, the wait? Worth the, the, the psychic gifts and the confusion? Worth letting go of what didn't serve you? What learning how to love through difficult love does, how to surrender, you know, situations that maybe not working out, maybe aren't working out for you, how to move forward and stop, you know, allowing yourself to become stagnant, you know, how to learn how to let go of your ego and allow your intuition to be the strongest muscle. And there's many more. Obviously, shadow work and, you know, being an empath and all that stuff. There are big things of spirituality. But all of that stuff is worth it because through all of that, I found my true self. You know, I found the part of me that really enjoys life. I found the part of me that is happy within their own skin. I found the part of me that didn't care what others thought. I found the part of me that enjoys working. I found the part of me that enjoys what I do for work, enjoys people and the people that I have around me, enjoys meeting new people, enjoys learning new things and feeling like that in me pursuing the things that I enjoy doing that I'm also helping others in doing so. You know, it's a part of you know, a journey to be able to learn who you are and not be lost and all of that, you know, to be a person that, for one, like, you know what's going to happen for you because you have faith for yourself, that is a a, a beautiful feeling. That's not to sit there and say you know that, you know, you're going to have a house in five years, but you know that if you manifest and that you wish for something, that it's coming. You know that when you follow your most authentic self that there, you can't really do no wrong when you're being your most authentic self. You may feel like certain things make you feel wrong. You may make mistakes. But when you're being authentic to yourself, that is the best form of self-love that you could ever give yourself. It's not hiding your face for nothing. Not selling yourself short. That is one reason why I feel that this is all worth it. Another thing is, you know, in letting go and surrendering people that weren't meant for me, didn't serve my highest good, it helped my vibration to raise. And I was able to find new people who got me. Because I spent my whole life feeling like a black sheep. I spent my whole life feeling like the people around me didn't understand where I was coming from. I always felt like I was weird. That I was the odd man out. And I felt like I was treated that way. You know, and really becoming my authentic self and being able to say, you know what, in spirituality, I'm, I'm finally at a point right now where I'm meeting my soul tribe. I'm meeting people that are like-minded. I'm meeting people that can help with advancement. I'm meeting people that just overall just understand the struggle. And they're not on that toxic energy bullshit. They're not on low vibrational vibes. All they want to do is just live. They want to live their best life. And they all for making those steps. And when you meet people like that in life... You know, that's a whole different vibration. When you can sit in a room across from people and talk about the trips you want to take and make plans and, and, and you know, talk about spirituality, talk about where the world is going, and it's a genuinely legit conversation where you're connecting with that person on a more spiritual level, that's something that's unmatched. We're not sitting up there talking about who cheating on who. We're not sitting up there talking about who got fired from this. Who not following a path. We ain't got time for that. That's no vibrational bullshit. Don't nobody give. No. When you meet your soul tribe. Your soul tribe is the vibe. That's the vibe. And you know the vibe. If you've ever dealt with people where you just was like. Damn I'm in a good ass mood being around this person. That's your soul tribe. Now, I'm not to sit there and say that you can't find that happiness within yourself because that's what brings in your soul tribe too. But genuinely just knowing that you're around people that just understand you when you are being yourself. That is a vibe. So, the next one I have is my spirit family. Now, that's a little different for me than soul tribe. Like, the soul tribe is the physical people on earth that I connect with, but my spirit family is more of, like, my ancestors, um, the archangels, the angels of the highest white light, um, for me, that's Yahweh, he's definitely a big part of that, um, my descendants, my spirit guides, you know, I have, huh, I feel like the fairies come through too, so, judge if you want look it's one of my synchronistic times too Eight forty-seven 47 is a it's a synchronistic time for me yeah the fairies we coming through the dragon realm um the unicorns yeah so if you're spiritual you're gonna hear things like that people from other galaxies as well because spiritual people for the most part know about this stuff okay it's if you're not awakened look this we're not judging over here but if you're not, like, really, like, open to that stuff, you know, I'm just going to say right now, this podcast is going to get real litty when I start talking about stuff like that. But when it comes to those kind of things, um, my spirit family really come through at different times to help with different things. If I'm on an emotional level, I have ancestors, and I have angels and spirit guides that will try to help guide me back to a more positive light. I have, you know, spirit guides and angels and such just trying to help me follow my path to my life purpose and being able to, you know, heal the things of the past that may be stopping that. They help me to find tools to be able to understand better what I'm getting myself into and to better organize myself and to better love myself and You know, all I ask for in return is gratitude, which gratitude because they, y'all definitely helped me a lot. But my spirit family, when you're going through that time of letting go of what doesn't serve you and finding that solitude or you're in that solitude, your spirit family isolates you when you're going through your awakening. They isolate you from the people that don't serve you so you can take the time out to get to know them. And they do that because it's like, all right, you don't know, been through this. Now it's time to introduce yourself to the real people who's helping you here. All right, let's get to know each other. And once you begin to develop that relationship with them and you begin to have gratitude because they are helping you, like, yo, know, they stop you from getting hit by cars. They stop people from breaking in your house. They stop you from, you know, getting into potentially bad business deals from getting with a toxic boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever you date you know they stop you from getting into situations that are negative for you they always try to make sure that that you're keeping your highest good uh in the forefront just like they do so that when it comes to your spirit family your spirit family is gonna always have your best interest they're gonna always show you love They're never going to be upset with you. They may be, like, not in agreement with what you're doing, but they have unconditional love for you in the spirit realm. And it's so important for you to be able to connect with them to be able to understand what unconditional love is. Because your spirit family, they don't been here, done that. Some of them haven't been here, done that. But they know what unconditional love is because that's what they are. That's angelic energy. Okay. The next one I have here for why was it all worth it? It made me more sure of myself. I used to be weak. I used to be a type of person that allowed the feelings of others to get in the way of me doing what was best for me. I used to be the type that would not speak up for myself because I didn't want to make waves. I used to be the type of person that would give my cup to others. And then when it came time to myself, I had nothing but dislike and disdain for myself. I didn't trust my decisions. And I didn't trust that I could live without another person helping me. I didn't trust that I was capable of anything more than what I had already done. You know, I didn't trust that I could bring in the kind of people into my life that understood me. And this spiritual journey, this awakening, this shadow work, going through that solitude and letting go of people, just all the stuff that I went through, through my spiritual awakening, I learned to become sure of myself. I learned to trust myself. And I have days where I'm like, "Mm, I got to get a synchronicity on this one. But for the most part, I don't question myself. I trust myself before I trust anybody. And the reason I know is because I know for myself, I know where my head has been. I know what I've been through. I know what I've learned through my lessons. I know within myself that when it comes to decision making, that I can make decisions. I am fully capable of that. And I am fully capable of trusting my intuition. I am fully capable of making anything happen that I set my mind to. If I say I want to do something, the only way I'm not doing it is spirit see something within that path that's not good for me and they're going to stop that. Because rejection is divine protection, of course. But if it's within will to have for me, me to have whatever the hell I set my mind to it's gonna happen no question because my spirit family got me okay so the next one I got here is freedom freedom let me just speak to you on freedom for a second. I was married for 12 years. Prior to getting married, I grew up in... Like, I love my family, don't get me wrong, but they're a little judgmental. They're judgmental as fuck. And I grew up always feeling like I was walking on eggshells, always feeling like I couldn't make steps without being judged, always was timid in how I made my movements. I always kept things to myself because I was like, oh, if people see the real me, they're not going to like me. And in my spirituality, I learned to not give a fuck. And I don't mean that in a negative way because I'm a cuss on this podcast because it's, it's, it's me speaking. But freedom, being able to have... The physical and mental ability to walk away from anything that I want to. And knowing that, yeah, it might piss somebody off, but if I'm walking away from something because it was restricting me, I can do that whenever I want to. And know that I'm going to be good because I have faith. And being able to say you know what maybe this situation isn't the best situation it's not the most ideal and I don't know where my resources are going to come from next week but I know within myself that this is not going to help me manifest it so I need to free myself from restrictions here that freedom was or that sovereignty that I got from that was the best feeling I could ever, ever give myself in life. And that's why, for me, I'm so hesitant to allow just anybody to come into my life. You can't have everybody coming into your life because when you're a sovereign, free spirit, you want attract a lot of people into your life that want to rein that in and make it theirs. They want to conquer you. And... I can't be conquered I can't be conquered I may let you in and allow you to be in my life but you'll never conquer me I will always remain free now you can be free with me or you can be free without me but I'm gonna be free no matter what And that's what I really love about spirituality because, yo, that's not even something I would even say prior to being in spirituality. I was so timid. I was so scared. I would never even mention my relationship or my family or my, you know, relationship with, like, you know, my ex. It's like I would have never mentioned that stuff. Because I would have been like, oh, what if they hear this? What if they get afraid? Or what? not what if they get afraid, but what if they get upset with me for saying this or that? I'm like, I was nice enough not to say names. But truthfully, I don't care if I'm hurt in this particular way because I'm free as fuck. And I can say what the fuck I want. And that's a good ass feeling to have. I can choose where I want to work. I can choose how I want to work. I can choose when I want to work. I can choose what I want to do when I work. I can choose who I keep in my life. I can choose what I eat. I can choose my music. I can choose where I want to live. I can choose the people people I have in my life. I can choose what I want. Because this life is a simulation. And that's what's gonna take me into my last one here, which is a higher perspective. This life here on earth is a fucking simulation. You are meant to treat this life as if it's a game. You are meant to treat this life as if it's something that you can enjoy. You are meant to have an experience where you enjoy your life. You're meant to have your experience where you grow. You are meant to have your experience where you have growing pains. You're meant to have your experience where you experience abundance and you conquer things and you get through things and you move on to the next level in life and then you conquer everything in that level and then you move up and you keep moving up until you're a sovereign being, until you are living at your fullest potential, until you've arisen. And became empowered in who you are. And then even then, when you move through life, you still move through it with all the knowledge that you've gained. That higher perspective comes from the divine himself. He gives you that energy. He gives you that mindset through your crown chakra. He gives you that higher perspective. That's ego spirit. E-A-G-L-E, E-A-G-L-E that's ego spirit it allows for you to be able to see above situations it allows for you when you see that you're in a situation with somebody who may not get it it allows for you to be able to look at that situation from their point of view it allows for you to be able to see situations from a higher perspective like it's the best way to go about it it allows for you not to get yourself out your element because you realize dude i know what it is here you know It allows for you to be able to remove yourself from situations that don't serve you because you're like, this was never going to be good for me anyway. So with that in mind, I'm going to use my higher perspective to see this situation for what it is. Seeing things from a higher perspective has allowed for me to be able to come from a place of compassion when it comes to dealing with people. It's allowed for me to learn what unconditional love is. It's allowed for me to remove myself from situations that did not serve me. It's allowed for me to be able to see myself in situations and how I deal with people and be able to make sure that I'm coming correct, not just other people. It allows for me to check myself too so I'm coming correct and making sure that I'm inviting good karma into my life, not just negative stuff and you know, walking into situations where I'm unaware of things. It allows for me to be able to see that if I want to put a plan into place, it allows for me to be able to see all of the things that could possibly happen in a situation. Obviously not all of them, but most of the variables that can happen in a situation, it allows for me to be able to just see past uh, what's physically in front of me. It allows for me to be able to see into the future. It allows for me to see into the past. It allows for me to see the things that control the variables in the situation. It allows for me to create hypotheses on different things. And it allows for me to be able to be free Yeah, a higher perspective. That's one of the best freaking things I'm um, have to say. Between higher perspective and freedom, all of these that I named off are really, really a one. I have to say they're really good. But those two things have been what has gotten me out of my dark nights of the soul. They have been what's helped me with my shadow work. It's been good when it comes to me being able to surrender. It's been good when it comes to my complacency. It's been good about learning about my, you know, being empathic, all of that. It's just overall as a whole been an experience that has helped me grow into the kind of person I am now. And the kind of person I am now is a force to be reckoned with. I went from weak to strong. I went from not knowing who I was to knowing exactly who I am. I went from not understanding my capabilities to being able to... I'm I'm not fully aware of all my capabilities yet. No, I got more because spirit loves to unveil things to you, at a, you know, one thing at a time. But I'm starting to learn what my capabilities are. And they're way beyond anything I ever dreamed of for myself. Which is why divine timing is important. So, yeah. Alright, guys. So, I think I've been on here long enough. With part one and part two. And I really do appreciate you guys for tuning in. Anybody who tunes into this, I do send you guys love and light. I do pray for your well-being and I hope that you get a positive surprise today because you just went through two podcasts with me in one go. You would G for that. And I hope that your spiritual awakening, if you're going through it right now, I really hope that your spiritual awakening is kind to you. I really hope that you find the kind of people in your life that'll help you get through it. You know, I really hope that you experience the most kind of growth Ah, Bummy Facebook. (laughs) But I hope that you find you. I hope that you find your family, your spirit family, your tribe. I hope that you become more sure of yourself. I hope that you learn to free yourself from that mental prison you're in. And I hope that you're able to see things from a higher perspective. Because it is all worth it. So, yep, that's really going to be it. I'm about to click off. I have to go cook for my daughter. I'm a little bit late. But I do thank you guys for tuning in today to the Phoenix Tangent. And as I said before, send in love and light. Thank you.